everyone. I'm Robin Roper, and this is Going On. This episode of the podcast features Mackenzie Meadows, an actor, singer, songwriter, dancer, Capri Sun enthusiast, JMU musical theater alum, an alum of my high school, an absolute icon, an inspiration, an artist, and a wonderful human being. We discuss the struggle and discovery of her passion, the power and security of knowing, telling, and showing the world who you are rather than letting the world dictate your identity, and then the value of mentors and support systems in cultivating that greatness. Take notes. Here's Mackenzie. Hello. Hi. Hello, Mackenzie Meadows. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? I am wonderful now that I'm speaking with you. Ah, love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have to start off by saying um, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm sorry. It took me so long (laughs) to technical difficulties. It's we're here now. Yeah, that's what matters. Exactly. So in general, the pandemic, everything going on in the world, how are you holding up? Um, I would say I'm okay. Like a solid six point five out of ten. Could be worse, could be better. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, let's just jump right in. Okay, great. And I want to know how you got to where you are. How I got to where I am? Well, um, I, (laughs) I, wow. Um, Sorry, I never really talk about myself like this. Um, How I got to where I am. So once I graduated from collegiate uh I went to James Madison University and I majored in musical theater um and yeah there I just studied acting singing and dancing um and I got a bachelor of arts um and that was the best time of my life I've just graduated I'm upset that it got cut short but I loved every second of it learned a lot um and so from there in January I um got accepted to this program in New York called the Link program and um basically it was like 15 of us uh they got accepted from like all over the country um musical theater majors and we basically just like it was like this long intensive for like 10ish days and uh, we met a lot of amazing people, worked with a lot of um, agents and directors and casting directors of um, Broadway and television and all that. And then from there, we had a showcase at the end of it so agents could see us. Um, and I had a lot of interest in me, which was super great, um, super blessed. And from there, I had to stay in New York to have a lot of meetings and, uh, you know, decide who I want to sign with. And I ended up signing 
with CGF Talent, um, which is an agency in New York, and I love them very much, and they're super great to me. Um, and yeah, from there, I just started doing auditions. I was in um, a few Broadway auditions. I was in like really close, almost final callbacks for some Broadway shows, and then the world shut down. So then I came back home, and now I've just been doing self-tapes, which is basically just like auditioning from home, a lot of Zoom calls and like meetings. Um, and yeah, just waiting to like kind of get back out there and really start my adult life and career. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for whenever it's safe to do so again. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. Wow. That, so that, that was a lot. And I want to unpack that. <laughs> okay. So let's start with your time at Collegiate. You were doing theater there, correct? I did. Uh, I did musicals. Tell me about your experience there. Well, you were there. (laughs) That is where we met. Yes, that's where we became friends. Um, You were so great, by the way. So funny. Um, (laughs) And yeah, my experience at Collegiate, theater was like definitely my like escape. I'm like my home. I loved it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Collegiate, which is should be no secret to literally anyone. (laughs) But um, I loved theater there and I did three musicals and I remember kind of being like talked into auditioning for the first one my sophomore year by um our old friend Marlon Scott she was like we should audition for this I'm like you're gonna love it and I was like "Mm," like I don't know if it's my thing (laughs) and I auditioned with her and we both got the exact parts we wanted which was like insane (laughs) um And I just loved it. I thought it was so fun, especially uh, Seussical, which is what we did the my our sophomore year. Um, And I loved it. I thought it was adorable, and it was a great experience. And that's when I kind of found like my niche, I guess. And then, and also it was a sports credit, so I was like, thank God, because I was not (laughs) doing anything else. Um, And uh, yeah, and I I remember I had to like take a break from dance because I grew up a dancer so I had to like chill for a sec because I wanted to do the musical and then I did every year after that and um it wasn't always super fun like it was tiring and all that but overall I loved it and then I got to uh be the lead senior year which was great and not to toot my own horn but like well deserved um (laughs) um and I'm glad that uh, I got to do that. I loved Pippin. It was such a fun show. And I never went back and saw anything else because I'm a bad alumni, but I'm sure they were all great. And um, yeah, I loved I loved doing theater. And that's kind of when I like discovered that I could major in musical theater. Um, Mike Boyd, who was like my mentor, I love him to death. He was like, you should do this in college and I was like oh I want to go to school for like psychology or like microbiology which is psychotic to think about now can't even imagine doing all that science but (laughs) um yeah he was like you should like look into this and then um my college counselor who was also my advisor Miss Ball she was super great and like told me basically everything I needed to know about auditioning and applying and then I auditioned at like seven schools and I got in everywhere except one so it was pretty like fast um 
And I did not expect that to be like the trajectory of my life or like my college career. And I loved every second of it, even though I was so dumb in the beginning. Like there were people that were like, yeah, I've been in musicals since I was like six. I was like, all right, cool. That's not me. <laughs> like This is kind of like a hobby. Um, and then I ended up loving it. And so it was, yeah, great. All right. So three, what are three lessons that you learned or like the most fun experiences you had? At collegiate or at JMU or in my life? Yeah, over the span regarding uh, musical theater. Oh, okay. Three lessons or like really good things. Is that what you said? Right, yeah. Okay. Um, some lessons I've learned. Um, you, mm, you are often going to be put into a box. That's a huge thing that I've learned, especially being... Um, a black woman in theater you are always expected to play the black female role and those are usually like the funny sidekick the villain the woman that comes out belts her face off and then you never see her again um and for a while I was really just happy to like be there like be on the stage like I was like oh my god like I'll play whatever role even if it's like tokenism even if it's just involving like my race my struggle whatever um and for a while that was good like good enough and like it's a those are great roles to play um but it's annoying when people think that's the only thing you can play and they put you in a box um sort of thing and I've learned that you have to just keep kind of hitting away at that box and like keep pushing the limit because people are going to want to just fit you into that as long as you're willing to do it um and I definitely saw that at Collegiate for sure because Collegiate had a quota. They were like, we need this many diversities on stage and like, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera. And um, when I had done Pippin, like I was told that, I think that was the year Collegiate turned 100 or whatever. I don't remember. Uh, And they were like, yeah, in the first time in 100 years, like you and Dastana Herring, he was Pippin, are the first Black people to like be a lead on a stage at collegiate and I was like that's utterly ridiculous <laughs> like that's yeah. so ridiculous um mm. and you know you get told a lot that oh well you got that role because like you're black and it's played by a black person like and I'm like okay um and that's just something that I've learned you just kind of have to brush off your shoulder and um if you don't want to stay in that box like you don't have to and if you want to stay in that box that's awesome like it's a dope box because black people have great roles in different shows but um so I learned that all right we will go to the next two but I want to digress from that into microaggressions uh okay at collegiate or just okay um yeah there was a lot of them (laughs) um we and how to handle them and stuff like that how to handle them I I don't know if I have the right answer I know how I handled them um I pretty much just called people out uh well first off microaggression say what do you say yeah like first off let's define it okay great so a microaggression is when basically like someone's mm, I've never had to define this (laughs) basically when someone like says something to you or like um uh like says like a sort of like judgment I guess and it's basically like has underlying like racist or like 
like these tones that are like it's not like fully in your face so you don't like some people are like oh well like that wasn't me being racist I was just and I'm like no but you were you just can't really tell I don't really know how to explain it but like right yeah it's like a very um I'm gonna hold on I'm just gonna be smart and I'm just gonna look up the the definition let's see okay so it's brief and complacent daily verbal um or environmental indignities whether they're intentional or unintentional that communicate hostile or derogatory and negative prejudice yeah that was way better than anything I just said um but that's what it is um it's towards like any group but particularly culturally marginalized groups um and so a collegiate I basically would just try to call them out as best my ability or like try to educate people when they would say things that were not okay or you know when they would like touch my hair or uh (laughs) I'm trying to think of other things like tell me they had a crush on me or whatever secretly because no one wanted to admit that at the time had a thing for me but like couldn't date a person of another race or like had never thought of like black women that way or whatever whatever and um or say things like oh like I thought you lived in the projects or I thought like just things that were so out of pocket and for me I would kind of just when I first started at collegiate I would just tell my parents and then we would just go to school and like I would cry and I would get all upset and then the longer I was there I just kind of like started standing up for myself and I would just call it out um and you know I would let other people know that this person said this, this, and this, and certain people were like, oh, like, I don't see what's wrong with that, and other people were like, that's totally fucked up, um, and so, yeah, I just did my best to call it out, I would talk to my teachers about it, I would, um, talk to, I was like, I love Erica Coffee with my, all my heart, so I yeah. confided in her a lot, she helped me get through a lot, because she would kind of just, like, calm me down, talk it out with me, uh, tell me how to handle it, sometimes she would talk to students for me it was great um but I feel like all I can't really speak for all of us but like a lot of my like black friends at collegiate uh we kind of just learned to almost ignore it call it out when we needed to when we had the energy um or the time that day I guess so yeah because it's almost beneath calling out like yeah it's like why do I have to explain this to you but here I go again (laughs) yeah yeah Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Were there any other ones? Uh, like the three things? Oh, um, what was the last one? Oh, putting into the box. Other things I've learned. Uh, I mean, I've learned a lot. This sounds like I haven't learned a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, I've learned that... Oh, this is advice that I give all the time especially to people younger than me um I'm like a firm believer in treating myself as if I am famous because um if you believe you're famous if you believe you're great other people will think you're great um and it's all about like self-confidence um and I don't want to say like fake it till you make it but like sometimes fake it till you make it and then you'll start believing it yourself um especially in the world of like theater and um the arts and everything you're being told no 
a million times a day. You're never going to get every role you want. You're ne- it's never going to go according to plan. For example, this freaking pandemic. <laughs> um, right. And you just have to kind of know like, well, what is in store for me? Like no one else can take away from me. And um, I think that also helps with kind of like being happy for other people when they have success and you don't, you don't at that time. Um, so I just tell everyone like live every day, like you're famous and like people start to believe it and you'll believe it yourself. And if you carry yourself like that, like no one can really tell you anything. Like it can't really like bruise your ego or anything. And especially in our field, like you have to be strong. Like I know people that I'm like, Oh, you're so talented, but you care so heavily what everyone else thinks. And that's good for some of the time, but a lot of the time, like you're going to be getting a million opinions from a million different people. And sometimes you just have to think, you know what? I'm proud of myself. I liked it. I thought I was great. And that's just what it is. Um, Especially coming from people higher up uh, that are like, it makes you feel like, Oh my God, well, if they don't like me, like what, what am I doing wrong? Et cetera, et cetera. So I've learned that. Right. Um, Totally agree that the world is going to, ask you who you are and that if you don't know they're going to tell you exactly so it's better just to be like oh my god my name is Mackenzie Meadows I'm famous actually you might have heard of me and then people are like oh my god really and I'm like "Mm," you know (laughs) like in my mind (laughs) um imposter syndrome is huge too oh yeah very true very true everyone trying to be like someone else and that's yucky ducky (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird thing I've started saying now. I have no idea why. I'm Yucky so sorry. Ducky. Yucky ducky. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. So if you that, start using it, like give me the credit. That was some good advice. What is some bad advice that you hear? Oh, I hear um, towards me specifically from usually like, well, pretty much every chorus teacher I ever had at collegiate, which is a random fact. And a lot of, like directors or people that I randomly meet etc like anytime I say like my goals in life or like what I want to do like which has never switched up (laughs) um people are like oh well you know like I used to I used to act or like I used like you know like do you have a backup or like um oh well like that's not a real job it's not a real major that's um or like just have a backup or et cetera, et cetera. And like humble yourself and all this blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like, thank you for that. Um, And I feel like a lot of times people think I'm not humble when they say things like that. And I'm like, I'm super humble. Like, trust me. I'm just like, if you try to bring me down, then I have to work to lift myself up like five times more. So um, bad advice I hear is kind of like, you know, like wait your turn and like, um, you know, like just, I don't know how to explain what I'm saying, but like a lot of like wait your turn or like, um, I you have to like that's pay it. your dues kind of thing. And I'm like, I, like who made you in charge of like, are you counting off my dues? Like who like put you in charge of that? And like, <laughs> um, especially when it comes to like seniority and stuff. I remember at Collegiate, I would always get very frustrated when like, I felt like the leads or something were always going to just like whoever was the oldest right. in the room. And I was like, but did you hear this person's audition? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in my opinion, I was like, there was, I wanted it always to be based on talent and like who was the best of the room. And I feel like sometimes that's not the case um, in my field. So 
I'm just, that's advice that I like can't stand. I wish people would stop saying it because it's truly just to be little people. Um, and especially it comes from people that like have quote unquote in their mind, like I've paid my dues. Like I used to like sing on the streets and I'm like, okay, like that's awesome. Like I'm, I, that's like, that's your story. That's how you came up and that's awesome. But like, it's going to be different for everyone. So don't put other people down or like make them feel bad just because they didn't like, you know, struggle in your eyes or didn't earn it or deserve it. Like the word deserve gets thrown around in theater so much. Like, well, she deserves this role or like, well, she like paid her dues. Like she did it. And I'm like, the person that got the role deserves the role. Like you're not the director. <laughs> like It's not about you. Um, so that's like really, I hate that advice. I hate that kind of like idea. Yeah. And you were also touching on people saying to have a, ba- like a plan B yeah that's because people don't think um what I do or like arts majors um in general visual and performing arts is like a real thing um I get told at JMU all the time like anytime I meet anyone um especially men (laughs) especially men that are like yeah like I'm uh, in communications or like yeah like I'm gonna like be a sports manager all of them want to be sports managers or whatever it's because like they have like failed sports dreams so now they want to manage anyway um they are like what do you say and they're insecure about their own financial independence oh exactly exactly so they're like oh my god like that must be so fun to just like sit around like sing all day or like oh my god like dance all day it's so chill I'm like they're like you probably like never have to write an essay like just the dumbest things in the world I'm like I'm still in school like I like it's that's not at all how it is and then I get told a lot of times, um, you know, like your majors doesn't seem hard and blah, blah. When actually like statistics show that like arts majors, specifically musical theater and like things like that are, it's compared with like the amount of rigor and like training and how much work you do. It's compared with like um, student athletes, nursing majors. And then when I say that to people, they're like, sure. They're like, you're not saving lives. And I'm like, yeah, but like nursing majors do the same amount of work as we do, but in different, like their respective field. And they're going to go out and make way more money than most actors will ever. And like, they're going to get the credit and like, you're still going to be like, oh, well, you just like tap dance all day. And I'm like, no, that's not it at all. Um, But people say that all the time. And then when I send them like pictures of like, you know, 20 page essays and all the work I have to do and my schedule and like I say like oh yeah I take I took nine classes my freshman year and then you know like 21 to 23 credits all through college that's just how it is what do you have to do um they're like um I don't believe you like did it and I'm like yeah well I take things that like you would never think of having to take and I would have to take it like four times in a row so like it's it's so weird that people think that we're just sitting around like playing the piano for fun or something which is hard (laughs) to do yeah and how much respect they give, like, their uh, ideal artist or whoever their favorite artist is. Oh, exactly, is. exactly. And I'm like, well, did you know this person was a musical theater, theater major? Or, like, did you know this person, like, went to school and, like, studied tuba? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, they never put it together. Um, but, you know, it's fine because I, I know the hard work that we do. And usually once people, like, once I befriend people, like, out of my field and everything or if I start dating someone new or whatever and then they're like then they see like how busy I am and they're like you're never around I'm like yeah I have things to do 
especially student athletes, which I like, yuck, don't recommend dating. But anyway, um, football players that I've talked to in the past are like, oh, like I might not be around. Like I'm pretty busy with practice. And I'm like, okay. Like, and then, then we start talking and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm busy. I have rehearsal. Like I don't get out till 11 PM and like, I'm the lead and you're sitting on the bench. So make it make sense. Like, yeah, (laughs) that was petty, but still. Oh, I love it. Mm. Okay. So what is a favorite failure of yours? Mm. Um, okay. I'm trying to, I've failed plenty of times. I'm just trying to get the, the fave, the fave pick. Probably I did this show in the summer time at JMU and I was uh, the lead and which was like, I think my first lead at JMU and uh, I made it sound like I had a lot. I didn't, but (laughs) it was like the first one that was a big deal to me. And um, I, it was this program over the summer where we'd be directed by um a Broadway director and like the it was an original musical that we were being that we were working on which is called like a new work um and the two other leads were going to be Broadway stars and I was like okay cool and then I was (laughs) the other one so and I was a sophomore so I was like what what the hell am I doing here um and uh over and new works, like you do them very quickly. It's like, I think we worked on it for 10 days. You have to, uh, oh my. yeah, learn all the words, the music, et cetera. Um, and you rehearse like all day. And then at the end, you have like a, something called a staged reading where it's like usually a small, smaller audience. Um, you, you use like your script on stage uh, and it's no set. There's no like, you know, like, big orchestra or anything it's just like the bare bones of the show um we dress in like all black and you kind of like perform and act very bare stripped down just so people get like the initial story the initial music and everything um and I hated the whole process it was I hated every second of it I was so bad I was so hard on myself. I cried after every rehearsal and it was all like, it was a paid thing at JMU because it was over the summer. So all of my friends that were with me in the cast were other JMU students, but they were like, like, I felt like I had so much pressure on me because I had so many scenes, so much to do. Like it was so stressful. And since it was a new work, like they would be, the writers were in the room and the composers, et cetera. So like if something didn't work, like, they would rewrite it. And the next day I had to like n- do it. And I was like, that stressed me out. Or like, I remember one time, like I sang, learned an entire song the next day they cut the song. I had to learn a whole new one. And it was like four days of mm-hmm. performance and like stuff like that stressed me out. I'm not like, I read music obviously, but not like, I'm not, it's not like my favorite thing in the world to do. <laughs> so especially in a room full of people for the first time. So it was really hard. And the director hated my guts hated my guts um and Mm. if he he would never hear this but like if he were to hear this and be like oh my god no 
like it. I'd be like, you're a liar. Like you hated me and that's okay. <laughs> um, he hated my guts and he was so like, um, um, I don't respond well to kind of like super harsh criticism that to me comes across as like belittling or like picking on or like kind of like when you tear someone down so then you think they're gonna like rise above it that's not me like I need like encouragement and like help um and that's yeah and that's not his directing style which is fine because other people like loved him and like had no problem and blah blah blah. but I was just so afraid of him I was so uncomfortable like being in the room um he would like get stuff out of me to where like I would be in tears and um I remember one time he I was doing a scene where I had to think about like someone that I loved dying and like I just couldn't I guess get to where he needed me to be and it was in front of everyone and he basically just like screamed at me and was like I guess you've like never lost anyone or like you have no idea what it's like to lose anyone and I just broke down and I ran out of the room because I felt so attacked um and because I have lost people and I was so upset and then he like came out and apologized but it was super awkward and like um and the show was about slavery and like basically like the civil war I want to say and I remember like in the show like they used the n-word and like he would come up to me and my black castmates and just two of us like two besides for me um because Jamie was not diverse either (laughs) um and ask us like if we were comfortable like saying the n-word and if it was okay if other people in the room that were white said the n-word and he would just say it instead of saying n-word and like I would be so uncomfortable because like he was obviously like my boss basically and I was like no I'm not comfortable with you saying that but like I didn't know how to say that Mm -hmm. um so it was just like a full-on failure the whole time like I thought it was horrible I was like it's gonna be the worst show ever and my mom had invited a bunch of people like family to see it and I made her uninvite everyone. Like, I was like, the only person that's allowed to come is you, mom. Uh, because she comes with everything, because she's great. And um, the other Broadway actors, like, they would be super hard on me. And, like, uh, it was just bad. A bad experience. But then once I started getting the hang of it, like, I had a great support system from my friends. And um, the music director and, like, lyricist and composer, she was so great. I loved her so much she was really helpful and she would pull me aside and work on things with me one-on-one. And I was just like, thank you. Cause this is what I need. Like, I appreciate it. Um, and then when the show happened, it was, it ended up being like, according to my mother, who is also my manager. So she's a harsh critic. Um, she <laughs> said it was the best performance like I've ever given. And I was like, that's crazy because no one saw it except you. Um, but I felt so proud of myself because, so I guess this failure turned into a success, but it felt like a failure the entire time. But I was really proud of myself because I worked so hard on trying to get everything right and not wanting to let anyone down. And I was so nervous the entire time because it was just one show, like you just do it one time um, and that's it. And um, it ended up being really great. I mean, I still to this day hate the experience, like would never do it again, but like would not go back. But I loved the show and the material so much. And I was so proud of myself. And then at the end, the director and like the other Broadway actors, they were like, oh my gosh, we knew you could do it. Like you had, we were so hard on you because like you had such potential. Like da, da, da. I was like, oh, that thanks. 
that I was so uncomfortable. I just like to this day, I was like, I hope I never have to run into you guys again because I'm so afraid of you all. <laughs> um, but which is weird for me. I'm not usually intimidated by people, but uh, it was like the worst. Oh, I hated doing it. I hated doing it, but I loved performing it. And I loved the feeling of uh, kind of overcoming my fear of performing it because I truly wanted to quit every second. Like I was like, please fire me. Please give the role to someone else, anyone else. Um, but I loved it. So that's, that was a fat, fat failure, <laughs> fat failure the whole time. Wow. So what if you were put in that situation again? How would you handle it differently? Um, wow. Uh, I really just said I didn't want to. And you were like, yeah, but let's talk about if you did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, how would I handle it differently? I feel like I would cry. I would try to cry less. Um, I feel like I would just give myself a break, honestly, because now that I've done more things like that, where shows move quickly and, um, you don't have as much time to rehearse and things like that. I understand that it's it's all just a learning process and everyone in the room is trying to learn and figure things out as quickly as you are. Um, and just to trust your castmates, which I did at the time, so that's good. But um, think, I would assume that like not everyone's against, against me and kind of just give myself a break and like know that I was gonna get there eventually um to where I needed to be and things aren't going to happen overnight and I'm very very hard on myself constantly like it takes me 14 tries just to post a video on Instagram even though I know most of my followers can't even sing so I'm like why am I so worried about what everyone's going to think um it's ridiculous uh it's just because I beat myself up so much like I'm definitely my harshest critic um but I would say I would just give myself more of a break and know that I would get there eventually and not be so hard on myself, I guess. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Well, have you seen any movies, listened to any albums, TV shows, or read any books recently that you absolutely love and would recommend to your friends? Mm, Okay. No books because I'm a bad person, but... (laughs) Doesn't make... um, what that does not make you a bad person it definitely does i like should be reading um (laughs) but movies and shows let me think i have a list because i feel like i'm really good at recommending things to people um oh my gosh everyone should watch pose because it's fantastic it's on it's an fx show but it's on netflix there's two seasons and coming up with a third what's it about uh Pose is about basically the lives of uh, trans women in kind of like the heat of the the AIDS uh, epidemic. Uh, so whatever time frame that was, I feel like it was like the 80s. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't there. But um, and it's about uh, trans women, trans men, LGBTQ, like that whole community and the um community of ballroom which is basically like this underground scene um of like voguing and dancing and fashion and runway and all of the above um that was created by the lgbtq community 
and it's amazing and it's a drama but it has heart and you learn so much about the trans community you learn about like so much about what they go through you learn a lot about um the gay community etc especially in that time frame and like what they were dealing with and what you know they're still dealing with because there's no cure um and I like it because it's such a diverse cast. It's such a beautiful thing to watch. I cry like every episode, but I think that's just so emotional. <laughs> um, Empathy. And uh, yeah, it's great. Everyone should watch it if you're if you're earning like earning to um, learn more about the trans community, or if, if you don't know a lot, or you know you just want to dive into that. And also, the outfits are really cute. Everything they wear is just bow bow. So that's enough to watch for me <laughs> fabulous yeah um and then just let me think Muse. everyone should listen to my music that's what they should do obviously um obviously i have a ep out it's called lowercase love letters um and, and it came out in february and i've gotten great support on it so far but it's I think it's very good. It's very pop, princessy, like R&B kind of vibe. Um, and I wrote everything myself. And, and yeah, it's great. It's about just like my adventures and love and lust and hate and all the above. And, you know, everyone should listen to it, especially men, because there could be a song written about you. Probably not, but like it could be. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I will link that. I'll link all the... Thank uh... you. Thank you. Oh, one more question, actually. Okay. A small moment that you're looking forward to. Mm. A small moment. A small moment. I don't know. I'm A moment I'm looking forward to is moving out of my parents' home mm. and starting my life. I don't know when that moment's going to be. Um, but that is a moment I'm looking forward to. I don't know if that's small. A small moment I'm looking forward to today is like eating lunch. That's kind of exciting. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for your time and for sharing yourself. Well, thank you for having me. I feel very cool doing this. You are amazing. Thank you. So are you. And again, everyone, check the links below to find more of Mackenzie. Yes, all of me. Enjoy it. (laughs) All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. And I'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks for having me. Bye. You. Bye. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as we did. I hope you have a renewed appreciation for all the artists in your life and the artists within yourself. Go check out Mackenzie's EP, Lowercase Love Letters, wherever you listen to music. Her link tree is in the description. Add her Instagram and Twitter at KMMX22. May you appreciate your next meal as much as we will. And thanks for tuning in.